there. You're listening to the Only Schoolers podcast. I'm Gina Prosh, and hanging out here with me as always is my co-host, Kristen Edwards. Where else would I be? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. So June 3rd. Wow. We're nearly at the halfway point of 2021, aren't we? I mean, soon we're all going to be counting down to Christmas. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Don't say that, even though it's true. I mean, pretty soon I'm going to have to go to Hobby Lobby and start checking out their Christmas ornaments. (laughs) But since life does move so quickly, we are especially grateful that you continue to make time to tune in to the podcast. Each week, new listeners join us, and it's because all of you are continuing to tune in and share with your friends. So thank you so much for the tags on social media and passing the word in homeschool groups that you are in. We extend an open invitation to become part of our Only Schoolers community. Yes, we are on all the major podcast platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Amazon. I still secretly get a little thrill when I see the only schoolers listed on all those platforms. Oh, me too. And if you're like us, sometimes though, it's still good to just drop an old fashioned email along. We are at onlyschoolers at gmail.com and we would love to hear from you. So Gina, we're kind of at our in-between homeschool time right now at Shea Edwards. We've pretty much put a pin in September's freshman year. We're taking this breather before we start sophomore year. And I'm thinking this year it might be pushed off till August. We've just got a lot of stuff going on in July. But you know me, I've already been planning for months. And you know what I have found makes it super easy to plan? Our Only Schoolers Homeschool Planner. Because it's designed with pages for almost anything that I think that I could need. If you're in the market for a new planner for the 21-22 school year, listeners, please be sure to stop by our Etsy shop. You'll love it. We thought about what we like to see in a homeschool planner and added it in. It's at etsy.com shop slash only schoolers. Pop in, grab a copy of our planner. And don't worry, unlike us, if you're planning for multiple children, it is a digital download. It'll work for one kid or multiple. You can print out as many toner-friendly copies as you need. Then just put your imagination to work and create a wonderful homeschool year completely tailored to your individual child. I like how you slid our I words in there because in our March Through the Alphabet, we have landed on I. And what better words to discuss on a homeschool podcast than imagination and individuality? It was too easy. I couldn't resist. And I know each podcast, I'm always like, oh, these are my favorite words to discuss. And then we get to the next set and it's all like, oh, these are my favorite words to discuss. But for real, there really is nothing at the heart of homeschool more than imagination and individuality. It's why we do what we do to create this education that fits our children exactly. Oh, true that. Maybe it's the old liberal arts education background that I've got rearing its head. But I really love the fact that we can pull a little from here and something else from there, toss in imagination, top it with a dollop of individuality and presto. You know, we've really created an education that works for our kids. Yes, because why else would we be homeschooling? So if we start with imagination, I'm finishing up my kind of general outline of September sophomore year. And I can tell you, being imaginative has played a huge role in the plans that I'm making. And that's pretty much how I've seen imagination working throughout our whole homeschool career. Because first, if you kind of break it down into how imagination fits into homeschool, first, there's just that audacity of imagining that you could actually educate your own child. You can do it yourself. And then I think secondly, there's this idea that 
anything is on the table as far as classes and experiences, it truly is a let your imagination run wild kind of thing. And third, when it comes to imagination in homeschool, we have to look at our kids. We have to see the kind of things that they're getting to imagine for their education and life because of this way that we've educated them. So what do you think? Does that pretty much cover how the I, the idea of imagination works for you with Wyatt. I mean, I know you're kind of a short timer in that regard. Well, we're short timers on the homeschool part of things, but you know, we're newbies on the next steps and imagining the life ahead of you phase. So while there are some things that are definitely not in the cards for Wyatt, I would be totally shocked if he decided he wanted to go to med school because the kid does not do blood. He does not do needles. <laughs> um, so aside from that, He's really at the, you know, you can imagine the rest of your life any which way you want it. So what do you want it to look like? I honestly remember that phase as being simultaneously thrilling and terrifying. I think most of our listeners know how we came to be homeschoolers, or at least the general outlines of our story. You're an always homeschooled family. We kind of flirted very briefly with public school before finding this perfect fit with home education. And we'll be sure to include some links to episodes where we talk about those things if you're a new listener and you want to hear our background. So be sure to check out the show notes. But it has a lot to do with how we imagined homeschool to be. But regardless of how anyone comes to homeschooling, the most important thing to remember is just eat that homeschool elephant one bite at a time. You don't have to have answers for everything all at once. I mean, quick, what do you want to be doing at 9 a.m. on June 3rd, 2030? <laughs> I don't know. Do I need to know? Can I say sleeping? <laughs> because that's why, like nine years from now, probably sleeping. <laughs> no, you don't need to know. You have time to imagine that future for yourself over the next nine years. You can figure it out sometime between now and June 3030. Um, if you're someone who's homeschooling with a little one, time is on your side. And we honestly cannot say that enough. You have time and you will figure it out. As G.K. Chesterton said, there are no rules of architecture for a castle in the clouds. I could easily, when I sat down to think about it, I could easily imagine an education perfectly suited for my kid. And from there, it's just putting in that work to make it happen. I mean, yes, we do have a few state requirements, but outside of that, we're not bound by rules or required structure or expectations. We truly are the architects of September's education. And all because I imagined that we could do it, that I could do it, that it would be possible. And that kind of leads to the next point. The possibilities in homeschool are limited only by our imagination. So I'm going to throw another quote at you, Gina. I think you're going to like this one. Logic will get you from A to Z. Imagination will get you everywhere. Einstein said that. I'm pretty sure based on his life and work, he knew what he was talking about, right? I mean, so what are your thoughts about these wise words of his? Well, since we are the Only Schoolers podcast, aka the Ownership of Education podcast, one of the first things that comes to mind is how important it is to turn the imagination and the imagining of this over to the kids in question. So as a parent, I might get the ball rolling by tossing out some ideas, but the end, it's not my life. It's Wyatt's. And it's really his imagination that needs to be engaged. You know, I talked about Star Trek a little bit during our last podcast episode, and that was a Next Generation episode, of, and I'm actually more of a diehard fan of the original series, but it really reminds me 
Uh, Einstein's quote reminds me of the difference between Spock, logic, getting him from A to Z, and Captain Kirk, who has the heroic imagination to captain a ship through all of these amazing adventures. So let your logic take care of the nuts and bolts, but worry about all of that after you've let your imagination run for a while. And of course, take care to meet whatever state homeschool standards your state happens to have. Oh, yeah. Don't begin by throwing up roadblocks to your imagination. Follow the state rules. I think for me, it boils down to that freedom to dream. So I am feeling super literary today. I'm going to quote again. This always happens when we're on a break and I have time to sit and read for hours. So listeners beware. I have a few more good ones up my sleeve. I think the bard, he's about the most quotable dude ever. Am I right? Oh, you're no arguments for me on that one. I know, right? So there's this line in A Midsummer Night's Dream that I really love. And as imagination bodies forth the form of things unknown, the poet's pen turns them to shapes and gives to airy nothing, a local habitation, and a name. That's how we homeschool. I admit we did start with this more formal approach, but it, it didn't fit. And if I could imagine a lifestyle where I educated my daughter at home, it just didn't make sense to keep us in the traditional school box. So I'm always imagining what we could do. And then we follow that instinct. Absolutely. Wyatt always called traditional schools box schools because at least to him, it seemed like everything took place inside the box of that schoolroom. So, you know, bust on out of the box, sister. <laughs> there is a world of information waiting out there and we will never be able to teach our kids everything, but we can teach them how to learn and find that knowledge for themselves. Absolutely. I mean, exactly right there. At the Edwards Independent Academy, we're giving shape to her imagination. We're giving names to those airy nothings that make up September's courses. We follow the basic guidelines for college prep because that's kind of where she thinks she's headed. But the content, that's all our imagination. Need a world history credit? Okay, how about studying Black Death and the transformation of the West for a year? It is not your typical high school course, but that's what she picked and that's what we did. And I still think it's hilarious that you decided to do that way before you landed in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> She loves her diseases, and here we are getting to experience it firsthand. It really has been so serendipitous, and it really brought history to life in a way even I couldn't have imagined that we would be able to do it. So we would read an account of some town's experience during the plague, and we're like, yeah, there's, there's really nothing new under the sun because that sounds just like this current news article we just read about a town getting through the plague or the pandemic. I think some parents believe that imagination, oh, that's fine if you're homeschooling in the littles, but that's that's not going to fly when you when you get to high school. It's it's more structured. And honestly, I, I kind of thought that way too. I thought I'd have to be a lot more restrictive, but it really hasn't turned out that way. It's just like Einstein said, imagination will get you everywhere. I'm really excited about our sophomore year because we're taking those recommended courses, the recommended plans, and we're kind of turning them on their ear. As September says, plot twist. Oh, that's great. And you'll have so much more fun along the way. I think that's why a lot of homeschool kids don't have the I hate school mentality because it doesn't feel like school. It doesn't feel like drudgery. Wyatt has developed a passion for the local history of Jefferson City, especially the German immigrants who settled in the old Munichburg part of town. He's learned about family histories, civil engineering projects, the economics of prohibition as breweries switched over to soda water production. I mean, He's even written an article for the local newspaper, and this is from my I don't like to write kid. 
Um, it has been an adventure into the past that has become a really rich, robust educational experience for him and for me too. None of it has seemed the least bit schooly. Oh, no, it doesn't. His article was great. I learned so much. And it was kind of fun to hear about, you know, the Coca-Cola plant and the families and everything, because none of that did feel schooly. And none of it feels schooly on my end, because even as the facilitator, I'm learning stuff and it's all been fun. But to kind of go back to using imagination for homeschool in the early years, I remember when September was learning multiplication. I would write random numbers on index cards. I'd tape them to a long skewer, and then I'd just plant them all over the backyard. So I'd call out a problem, like six times eight, and she'd have to run to the card that said 48. Because that need to move, that bodily kinesthetic intelligence, it's always been kind of strong with her. So I just imagined all different ways that we could use that to keep the learning going. I mean, conjugating French verbs, that's a whole lot more fun when you write them in a hopscotch square. And reciting poetry while you swing, I mean, you can really bring out some rhythm. You can go fast or slow. Right now, it's all about doodling cartoons with imperfect radicals voicing their despair. That's in her geometry (laughs) book this year, and it's hilarious. And it actually kind of ticks the box for psychology, too, if you think about it. I mean, there's just no end to the classes that you can imagine for your kids. And there's really no end to the ways that you can imagine helping them learn. So let your imagination run wild. Do not be constrained by, that's not how I did it when I was in school. Uh, There's a reason we're homeschooling. And it's not so that we can do school at home. Um, No. I I am an English instructor. I'm a writer. My husband is a writer. Creativity and imagination are really par for the course at our house. And it is something that we've passed on to Wyatt. But imagination and creativity take so many different forms. It's not just art or music or theater or the things we think of as quote unquote creative fields. You know, we have been watching Jay Leno's Garage on YouTube, learning all these things about different kinds of cars. Old cars, new cars, steam cars, electric cars, gas cars, race cars, family cars, classic cars, weird cars, concept cars. I never knew there were so many different kinds of cars. I don't think I did either. And I've never really thought that much about it, but that really is a very creative path to go into. There's so much creativity and imagination that goes into the design of a car. And all of those designs may look different, but they really all achieve the same goal. Get that car to drive down the road. Oh, precisely. And then there's the creativity and imagination of somebody like Elon Musk and the SpaceX program. There is the the work of plumbers and electricians who find creative ways to fix what's broken in our homes and the imagination of someone who loves flowers and finds a way to turn that love into a thriving and profitable business. And it's really important to remember. My kid is not me, and your kid is not you. No, not at all. Which means that September may, and she does, imagine very different things for her life than I was kind of thinking about when she was a baby. Oh, exactly. Wyatt's imagination is going to take him to far different places than my imagination is going to take me. But just us setting that example shows him that he can do pretty much whatever he wants to do. He's learned that it's not just math over here or history over there or literature somewhere else. It's a giant educational mashup where things are really interconnected, weaving together a tapestry of things that suit your unique interests and passions. 
You know, one of my favorite books, and honestly, it took me far too long to get around to reading it, is A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. And there's the grandmother, Mary Romilly, and she has this really wonderful, insightful line. She says, the child must have a valuable thing, which is called imagination. The child must have a secret world in which live things that never were. It is necessary that she believe. She must start out by believing in things not of this world. I mean, awesome, right? The child must have imagination. The child must have a secret world. Well, I had an imaginary friend named Fruit Cocktail when I was a little kid, so <laughs> I'm I'm on board with that. <laughs> Fruit Cocktail. <laughs> That's great. We had Labama with us for a while. I kind of miss that little imaginary girl sometimes. But I believe that in homeschooling, we can totally make room for that secret world when they're little and when they're teenagers, because I want September to have that space to think and to dream. And yes, imagine what she wants. It's not up to me. In that world of her own, she can be creative and resourceful and form her new ideas. And all of this can be absent of an adult perspective, because that will come later. The world has this lovely habit of just crashing in on us, doesn't it? But first, let's have this secret world of imagination. I mean, there's that Shel Silverstein poem that I absolutely love. Listen to the mustn'ts, child. Listen to the don'ts. Listen to the shouldn'ts, the impossibles, the won'ts. Listen to the never-haves. Then listen close to me. Anything can happen, child. Anything can be. So maybe that's art school. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's a standard course of high school study. Maybe it's keeping on with our crazy plot twist and figuring out our own courses. It's up to her. It's her education. I'm just going to follow where she leads, where her imagination takes her. Because all I know is this. She's had that space. She continues to have that space to imagine any possibility. Homeschooling the way we have with kind of a no-holds-barred approach to it, it has really kind of opened up all these different perspectives about how life has to be. Anything can be. I love how all this talk of imagination, it really helps our kids create their own education. This all just really leads perfectly into our next topic, (laughs) which is individuality. Oh, don't you know it? I mean, individuality is pretty much the standard in homeschooling, right? The standard is there is no standard. We're all just out here doing our own things, creating an education that fits our particular family. Okay, I'm going to pull out another quote because I did warn you. Do not follow where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. That one's from Ralph Waldo Emerson. And I'm not sure there's exactly no trail in this life of home educating. I mean, for me, and I think for you too, we've both read plenty of books. We've learned from mentors. We, we kind of had a guide through this homeschooling life. But I still feel like Emerson kind of hits the gist of homeschooling there. Every kid is unique. Like you said, my kid is not me. Your kid is not you. My kid's unique. Your kid's unique. The kid sitting in a public school, private school, parochial school, this year's Zoom school, every single one of those kids has something to offer this world. But I really think that homeschooling, it gives our kids a unique opportunity, kind of a little edge to get off that path their own identity. The smallest minority of all 
is the individual. However, because homeschools are designed to meet the specific needs of our very specific kids, I think homeschool families are particularly dedicated to that concept of individuality. Being the hero of your own life means blazing your own trail. It means doing your own things, following the beat of your own drummer. Okay, so why it doesn't leave the house anymore without a hat on his head? Usually it's an alpine hat. Sometimes it's a fedora. He never wears a cap. He doesn't wear t-shirts. He doesn't like shorts or tennis shoes. When we drive in the car, he has the radio turned to Sirius XM's 40s Junction. You know, he loves ice skating and local history and antiques and trains and being entrepreneurial, playing chess, his job at the country club, peanuts cartoons, riding his bike, just a whole host of other things. His homeschool friends like different kinds of music and they wear caps and some of them play baseball and others play soccer. One kid has his own forge and and does blacksmithing work. Another one is fluent in German, wants to go to work for NASA. And over the years, I've watched a lot of non-homeschool kids in college and I've also watched a lot of homeschool kid interactions. And I think one of the things that differentiates homeschooled kids from other kids is this sense of individuality and the fact that there's not the same need to conform. I mean, the kids that I taught at the college, sure, there were a few outliers, but for the most part, conformity was the order of the day. Do what everyone else is doing. Be part of the group think. Like the same things. Listen to the same music. Wear the same kinds of clothes. Oh, that sounds so familiar to me. I think as a high schooler, I so desperately wanted to step off of that path and I wanted to hit a new trail, but I didn't know how. I mean, when you're caught up in it, that's kind of, you're you're a salmon, you're swimming upstream, just keep going. And honestly, in a public high school, it is a hard road. There's so much pressure to fit in, to be part of the crowd. I never was part of the crowd. I preferred my books. I had a quiet job at the library after school. I had one or two friends that I ate lunch with. I tried some group things. High school play, eh, it was okay. Flag corps, didn't make the team. Basketball, mm, nope, I'm tall, but I am not sporty. Nothing fit, and it took me a very long time, probably really not until after college, did I feel like I had a handle on my own trail through life. I think a lot of teenagers go through that. I mean, I know I certainly did. I spent years pretending I was an extrovert when I'm really not, and wearing that mask of extroversion was extremely taxing for me. There's just something about growing into yourself that requires time and experience. So true. What I'm hoping though, and actually kind of what I can see a little bit, is that September does have more chances to be her unique individual self right now without all that group pressure. I mean, there is the standard teen angst and wondering and searching going on. I mean, that's what teens do, right? But there's also a lot of quiet and reflection and hours just spent drawing on her iPad and hours just staring into space and creating her castles in the clouds. Just like Chesterson said, there's nobody but herself designing those plans. And we talk about it all the time in the homeschool world, but Please be patient. Give kids time to grow into themselves. My peonies are late this year because of that cold snap we had a while back, but yelling at them and telling them to hurry up and grow or get their act together, it actually does no good. The peonies are going to bloom when they're darn good and ready to bloom. Right. And they'll be gorgeous when they do bloom. So we were kind of talking the other day and I asked September how she thought homeschooling helped her to be an individual. And she kind of jokingly, but honestly, it's not really a joke. She answered that she'd probably be bullied if she were in regular school. Honestly, I can't say that she's wrong, 
I can see how her being her authentic self might draw some unwanted attention in a public school space. And that's, that's so sad that kids can't be themselves without that fear. But the way that we've chosen to educate instead gives her space to be as individual on the outside as she is on the inside. There's a tendency to hide that, I think. But as you said earlier, bust out of that box. Be who you want to be, not who someone else wants you to be. And I love that she can do that, that she can just try to be herself, whichever self she wants to be. There's no homogenization in homeschool. There can't be. We all have unique kids. We all have unique teaching styles. But when that's combined, it's the perfect space to nurture the individual qualities of our kids, their abilities, their interests. I kind of alluded to it before when I mentioned that bodily kinesthetic intelligence The reality is this, there are multiple intelligences out there. There's linguistic, there's spatial, there's um, physical. So maybe your kid is musical or artistic or linguistic or logical. Find that individual strength, use that to help them explore and grow. When we embrace that idea that we need to look at what our kids want, our kids get to be so incredibly individual. They get to jump off that path of some cultural standard of excellence and work toward being their own version of excellent. Homeschooling just naturally promotes individualism, at least the way we do it at our house. Oh, preach it. And frankly, I don't know any other way to do homeschooling, really. I don't either. I mean, I sit and think about it. I'm like, well, how else would you do this? I mean, that's the whole point. Right. right? When I think of September, I think art. And not just drawing, painting, although that's definitely there, but it's this creative, all-encompassing, art-is-how-she-breathes sort of sense. It's in the way she dresses, the outfits she creates. I wish I could get away with half of her style. It's the way she wears or doesn't wear makeup. She can decide to blend in or she can decide to stand out. Seriously, nobody rocks black lipstick like this kid does. Her jewelry collection, gorgeous, multifaceted, it's thoughtful. Every single piece tells a story, even if she's the only one reading that story. So maybe it's about Loki, maybe it's about a song, maybe it's about a feeling. It's definitely about who she is and what she wants to be that day. There's even art in the way she talks. There's just this kind of beauty to her pauses, her reflections, the way her words speed up really quickly and tumble out when she can't express her thoughts quickly enough. So would she have become this sort of creative, artistic individual in another school setting? Maybe, probably. I hope so, but it might have been harder or it might have stayed hidden. I think homeschooling gives her the space to become herself right now. And there's nothing like homeschool to allow our kids to show the world their unique perspective. Honestly, maybe because our kids can be authentically individual, I think they're more inclusive of other kids who want to be authentically individual too. I mean, sure, homeschool groups, they're not nirvana by any stretch of the imagination. I think there is less pressure to conform and more of the, hey, that's kind of cool than you might see in other in other groups of kids. Oh yeah, I think I think you're right about that. I mean, yes, there are still the little clicks and things, but for the most part, all our kids are different and they're sort of embracing that. And I truly believe that they're going to be able to make a difference. So I've heard this idea expressed by different people, lots of different quotes out there, but basically it's kind of this idea. Our kids are unique. They are the only one of them that exists. They have a purpose that only they can fulfill. So allowing them their individuality, it just makes it more likely that's going to happen, if you ask me. 
I think I've said it on the show before, but just in case I haven't, here it is again. Be yourself. Everybody else is taken. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's true for homeschool parents trying to figure out how to do it their own way. And it's true for the homeschool kids too. And I guess that kind of wraps things up for today. What do you think? I imagine it does. But before we go, if anything that we've said today struck a chord with you and you want to share that, please join us on Facebook and Instagram at our handle OnlySchoolers. Tell us how you bring imagination into your homeschool, especially if you're doing it with a teenager, because I think a lot of people don't really can't really see how high school and imagination can go hand in hand. So give us your best ideas. If you have an idea and you want some help implementing that, let us know. We're here to help and we'd love to. Plus, you might give us us an idea, too. Please share all those marvelous ways that your kids are expressing their individuality. Let's let's do this is how we homeschool. Just shout it out there. You can also email us at onlyschoolers at gmail.com. You can find us at our website, onlyschoolers.com. Thank you so much for listening. The Only Schoolers podcast, it's the outgrowth of our imagination and our individual experiences of homeschooling. And we just love sharing it with you. This community is amazing. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving us a little financial support. There are monthly expenses associated with keeping the podcast and all our back issues up and running. So you can drop a one-time donation in our Patreon page or become a regular sponsor. We appreciate any support you can give us to keep this podcast happening. You can also pop over to the Etsy shop and grab some of the fun Only Schooler stuff. But most importantly, just keep spreading the word about the Only Schoolers podcast. Thanks so much for listening today. We will be back in a couple of weeks with the letter J, which for now stands for Jiffy, as in, we'll see you in a Jiffy. (laughs) 